Dear Lord, we thank You so much for this time together today. God, I thank You that You have chosen to bless us beyond what we could ever really know or deserve. Lord, I pray this morning that You would inspire within our hearts the importance of being a blessing to others, the importance of taking the life that has been given to us and using it for Your sake, for Your glory. I pray this morning, Lord, that we would not be found as people who are, uh, God, simply blessed and doing nothing with the blessings that we've received. I pray that You'd open our eyes to the people around us, to the opportunities to minister and serve around us. And Lord, that You would open our eyes to the world that we've been placed in that has need of the hope that is within us. So this morning, Lord, we want to commit this time to You. And we want to give you praise and glory for all that you're doing and for all that you will do. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to begin with to the book of Psalm chapter 67. Psalm chapter 67. And our emphasis this morning is on missions. And as we visit this morning, I want to remind you of a couple of things. First of all, in your bulletins, there are... Uh, there's something called Operation Impact. That's an initiative that we're in that by 2015 we want to be sponsoring uh, a thousand children that are in need. That's what is representative over on the left. Those are the number of children that we're doing thus far. As God puts it upon your heart, we're working with World Vision and with Feed the Hungry uh, and a couple of other organizations to see children uh, ministered to through their basic needs. Uh, and that includes clean water, food, uh, education, and an opportunity to, to know of the truth and the grace of Jesus Christ. And then also, we want to be serving 10,000 impact hours outside of our church, outside of what we do here on Sunday mornings. And there's some opportunities that you can participate in that uh, right here. There are ways that you can get involved in our church and in our community. And uh, we'll have tables uh, on the other side of this curtain and outside after this service is over. And then in just a couple of moments, Monica Miller, one of our missionaries to Tanzania, is going to come and share with us. And uh, she'll have a table, her little table right over here if you want to ask questions or get on her email list. Uh, she's also got a, a need to, quite frankly, to have a car there. She lives in a very remote village. A few of us got to go there last year. And it's an extremely remote village. And uh, that's going to be a need she has is to have a car there. And so uh, we are uh, supporting her on a monthly basis. But this is outside of that monthly support. And uh, we're going to give make a contribution as a church. But we want to ask individuals as well. Because uh, not only does she have to buy a car, but they have to pay a tax to get it into Tanzania, into the area that she is, that actually makes the car double the cost of what we would pay. And so uh, you have that opportunity. There is a There will be an envelope. Matter of fact, there already is an envelope in front of your seat. And you can just mark Mark that for missions for Monica Miller. And uh, if you want to do that, everything you give will go directly to supply that need. So we want to encourage you to do that. Well, if you have your Bibles, let's read Psalm 67. I think this is a great mission text here. It says in Psalm 67, verse 1, this will be a familiar verse to some of you. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make His face to shine upon us. That is a, the ironic blessing that sometimes you hear me quote at the end of the service as we're being dismissed. It was a blessing that was given to the nation of Israel. And this right here is a, so to speak, 
sort of a retelling or a re-giving of that blessing. Except it's being given to everyone. It's being given to all mankind and to all the nations. And basically, here's the context that we need to understand it in. That God blesses us so that we might be a blessing to others. God doesn't, just doesn't bless us uh, so that we can just grow uh, content, so we can grow, quite frankly, to be spoiled uh, rich kids, so to speak. Okay, That's not why God blesses us. God blesses us so that we might bless others. If we have a child, we all understand this principle. We don't just keep giving them things. We have expectations of them. We want to bless them, certainly. But we, we won't feel, quite frankly, successful as parents if we've only taught them how to take things. We want to teach them how to give and how to help and how to make an impact in our family and make an impact in their neighborhood and to help others. That's what we want to do as parents. That's what we call good, mature children when we can get to that point where we don't just think of ourselves, where we recognize that when we're blessed, hey, there's a thanksgiving to give. And there are other ways that we can bless people. I can bless my parents, my brothers and sisters, friends, neighbors. That's what we want. And we're so proud of our children when they do that. But somehow it, we get a disconnect when it comes to us as adults. That's the, that's the reason and the mindset that God blesses us. And that's what we see here in Psalm 67. God is blessing us so that we might be a blessing to all nations. This starts back in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, when God calls out Abram and He says, Abram, I want to bless you and I want to make you a nation. Your descendants a nation that will bless all nations. From the beginning, this was God's way of, quote, evangelism. This was God's way of missions. That He would bless the nation of Israel and they would be a light to the world. They would be a light to other nations and would draw them to Jehovah God, to Yahweh God. And so that's what we're seeing right here in Psalms 67 as David is writing here. He says, May God be gracious to us and bless us and make His face to shine on, to, on us. Why? That your ways may be known on the earth, that your salvation among all nations. May the peoples praise you. All the peoples. Oh God, may all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you rule the people justly and guide the nations of the earth. May the peoples praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. Then the land will yield its harvest and our God, our God will bless us. And God will bless us and all the ends of the earth will fear Him. It's the reason that we are blessed today. It is the purpose of God blessing us today. And then flip with me over to John chapter 17. John chapter 17, beginning with the 17th verse in John 17. Jesus here in what some call the disciples' prayer. Uh, many call this the Lord's Prayer. Because this is where Jesus is praying and praying for His followers. And He says, Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. And you sent me into the world, and I have sent them into the world, for them I sanctify myself, that they too may also be truly sanctified. It's a great missions text. You say, how is that a missions text? That word sent, the Latin, that's where we get our word missionary from. It means to sin. That's what missions means, to sin. And Jesus said, just as I have been sent to you from heaven, from the Father, I am sending you out. We are to be 
ambassadors. What's an ambassador? I noticed this week that King Griffey Jr., I always liked King Griffey Jr. when I was a kid because of his talent, a great baseball player, and he was appointed as an ambassador, so to speak, not a legal ambassador, but kind of as an ambassador of the United States to go to Panama and to certain countries just to tell them of particularly their youth and their children culture of, of some of the, vo- the values and the morals of the United States and also include baseball and these kind of things. And he's kind of sent as an ambassador and, or one who will uh, have influence over the other nations uh, for, the ca- for the causes of the United States. And we know that's exactly what happens when you have ambassadors from other countries. They come to clearly represent their country in a, in a favorable light so that uh, our nations understand who they are and what they value and what they're about. And that's exactly what ambassadors do. Well, that's exactly what we've been called to do. We've been called to be ambassadors for Christ, to share of the hope that is in us so that they understand the real truth. So not that they just hear the condemnations that sometimes we hear people say. Matter of fact, here's what I would sum up missions is. It's truth and love. It's the message of truth and love. If I only have a message of truth and no love, then I become uh, the individuals that the lost world looks at and people who don't know Christ look at and go, if that's what it's about, I'm not interested. If it's just simply preaching your message and telling your sermons, if it's just you telling me what's right and wrong, I'm not real interested. On the other hand, if you're simply a humanitarian and you're only about, you know what, I just want to be kind and nice and I just want to help, then that's not transformational for one's eternal life. That's a good thing. But missions is when truth and love meet each other. And Jesus sent us with the spirit of truth and love. That's what missions is all about. You may be saying, I, well, I don't know about this whole sharing of my faith, this whole telling people kind of thing. You know, sometimes we make that a whole lot harder than it is. Because I believe people are seeking. I believe people are open when we are authentic. Not, we don't have to be pushy. We don't have to be uh, adversarial. We can simply say, let me tell you, what Jesus has done in my life. Let me, let me tell you my life uh, is go- what g- happened in my life. This is how I came to know Christ. This is the story of what I have believed. This is the trust and the hope of why I exist. This is my purpose. If you don't think people really hear that message and respect that message, I want to show you something. Many of you are probably familiar with Penn and Teller. Uh, not that I recommend that you go out and watch it, but Penn and Teller, both of them are atheists, and particularly Penn Gillette is a hardcore atheist. And uh, he, uh, it's interesting, he, he said this, and I'm going to show you just a little 50-second clip. I wish we had time, I'd show you the whole six-minute clip. But he said, you know, I, 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 if you really believe that Jesus is the way, and you really believe eternal life, um, then I, I, can't, I don't understand why you wouldn't tell people about that. As a matter of fact, you'll see this quote, he'll even say, uh, how much do you have to hate someone to not tell them if that's what you really believe? And he said, he, he told the story about how a businessman one time after his show came up and gave him a New Testament and said, you know, I just want to share this with you. I, I really appreciated your show, really liked what you had to say. I enjoyed it. But I just want to share you something that's really important to me, something that's changed my life. And I just really want to encourage you to read this. And then he had some verses and he had his numbers, his numbers on there and said, if you'd like to talk, I would love that opportunity. I just wanted to share of the hope that's within me. I want you to show this. I want you to see this brief clip. Uh, from Penn Gillette, who is a outspoken atheist, and this is his response. 
And I've always said, you know, that I, I don't respect people who don't proselytize. I don't respect that at all. If you believe that there's a heaven and hell, and people could be going to hell, or not getting eternal life, or whatever, and you think that, uh, well, it's not really worth telling them this, because it would make it socially awkward. And atheists who think that people shouldn't proselytize, just leave me alone, keep your religion to yourself. Uh, how much do you have to hate somebody to not proselytize? How much do you have to hate somebody to believe that everlasting life is possible and not tell them that? I mean, if I believed, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that a truck was coming at you and you didn't believe it, that truck was bearing down on you, there's a certain point where I tackle you. And this is more important than that. From the mouth of an atheist. I think sometimes we believe the lie that people, they just don't want to hear the truth. They'll just notice what a good person I am and they'll somehow just fall down and bless God. And the truth of it is, uh, again, I think that's important that we live a life that is above reproach. But sometimes we just have to share of the hope that's within us. And when God gives us that open door, when God gives, gives us that relationship, I think it's an imperative of the truth that has been given to us that we must share. You know, it's really about our mission in life. What is our mission? It's ultimately to bring God glory and to draw people to His glory. I mean, that's ultimately why we exist once we trust Christ. That's, that's why we're here. That's why we continue to live upon this earth. And, you know, children get the whole mission thing. You know, have you ever you ever talked to a five- or six-year-old and asked them what they want to do? Here's what you never hear a five- or six-year-old say. When I grow up, I want to be a manager. I want to be an upper-level management. I want to make lots of money and, and, be in trouble, and then just live on vacation. I, you know, I, I just want to do something of that nature. I want to have my own office. You don't hear kids say that. They don't talk about money. They talk about mission. I want to be a fireman. I want to be an astronaut. They want to do something that brings impact. I want to be a doctor. When they think about it, I want to do something that makes a difference, that has a mission to it. And then somehow, you know, as we get older, we are told, well, and we even tell our kids, you know, well, you want to do something that makes money. That's what we'll tell them. It's like that's the big overriding principle in which I squash out that mission mind, that purpose mindset. And then we get to be adults and we're making money. We go, well, life just kind of flat and... You know, just kind of grind, just kind of go and... You know, it's because we bought into the lie of the world that it's just about making money. And if I can just get a little higher up the ladder. And we forget about mission. We forget about purpose. And can I tell you this? You're always going to have a, a need for significance and a need for something else if we're not about the primary purpose we're here on earth. And that's to bring God glory. That's to share of His hope and His love. That brings purpose. That's our purpose. And when we substitute it for other things, it will always be lacking. Oh, if we could go back and have the mindset of a child again that I just want to change the world. I just want to make an impact. I want to live a life of significance for God Almighty. Let me tell you a story about one of our folks that you'll hear from here in just a moment, Monica Miller. Uh, when Monica was 12 years old, uh, her father died. And then when she was 14, she was uh, over at some friend's house. and uh, or Actually, they were at her house. She had a couple of friends, a couple of teenage 
uh, girls were at her house, and they started talking about the gospel and started talking about uh, how you could know Christ and, and what happens if you don't and if you do. And she was listening to them and ha- hadn't been raised in church and didn't really have any faith. And, and she just listened to it. She said, I was just sitting there quietly listening. And then uh, after they, they left, I ran to my room and I got on my knees and I said, God, I, forgive me. I, I want what they have. I, I, I want to know Jesus. And she said, you know, I did that for the next couple of weeks because nobody ever taught me or told me what to do. So I just kept doing to make sure that it stuck. And uh, she said, you know, and after that time, I, I began to go to church with some friends and, and she, was, she was baptized, began to go to church. And she said, you know, and after I trusted Christ, I, I started thinking, you know what, I, I need to do missions. I need to make an impact through mission. She goes, and that thought just kind of stuck with me. And, and I even began to talk. I had, a, I had some, one of my high school teachers who had a big spiritual impact on me. And by the way, which is a great testimony, uh, a high school teacher who was probably the most influential person in her spiritual life, who also ended up being a Sunday school teacher at, at a church, at church as well. And she said, you know, I, I just began to, to, to toy with that and begin to think that that might be something I want to do. And uh, she went off to college and she came back uh, to live with her mom, her and her mom living there. And a couple months later, her, her mom died. Her mom had a stroke. And she said, I remember just crying out and saying, God, I, I'm not going to ask you why this time. Uh, but just praying out to God and say, God, I, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. Uh, a couple months later, uh, she, she left and came over here to the Metroplex and uh, with a goal of uh, ultimately doing missions. She began to work as a nurse, which was her degree, and served as a nurse for a while. And then when we got ready to start this church, she's one of the folks, she's one of the seven or eight people that first said, I'll, I'll go, I'll be a part. I, I want to make an impact. I, I believe in what you're doing. And uh, we even talked early on, you know, one day, I uh, want to see you do missions, and our church will support you to do missions. And so uh, she began to attend seminary. And uh, finished up her degree there. And then a, a couple of years ago, uh, we sent her off to Tanzania. And she's been serving over there. And, and a, can I just tell you, I mean, it is a difficult place. It, it is like living in 1700 in the United States. Uh, a very, very difficult place. They don't have a water system. Matter of fact, the, the clean water uh, bottles that you see have had a lot to do with the clean water system that they have. We want to continue to work and help and support not just there but in other areas. Uh, in as far as medical help uh, is now education, the whole deal. Uh, She's making an impact there in a very desperate situation, in my opinion. Uh, A Muslim village, a very poor. Matter of fact, they even regard, it was interesting, I was talking to one of the other missionaries there. He goes, uh, goes, even the poor Africans think this is the poor village. Uh, I'll never forget, I'm thinking... Uh, boy, that's, that's really a statement there, isn't it? And uh, she'll show you some pictures in just a moment. But here's a classic example of mission, being driven by a calling to change the world, to make an impact for the glory of God. A single girl who, quite frankly, guys, as a church family, this is, a, this is really part of her family right here, who says, I'll go and I will serve and I'll do what you've asked. I want to reread that passage in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, because I do believe this is the original missions passage. And I think sometimes we miss this, miss what God was doing. And it, again, is a reminder that God never blesses us except for the purpose to bless others. The Lord said to Abram, 
leave your country. Get out of your area of security. That doesn't mean that everyone's going to have to leave their country. But it does mean that God's calling us out of our comfort zone. That it takes effort. That it's not always going to be easy or fun. I remember my mom used to tell us a lot of times when we were younger and we'd want to watch TV. She goes, I just want you to get out and do something. You're not going to sit right here in this chair uh, this summer and just watch TV. So you're going to get out. I don't know, I don't know what you're going to do. I don't care what you're going to do, but you're going to get out. And, uh, you know, and that was good for us. I think sometimes God's given us that same message. You know what? I want you to get out of your chair. I, I want you to quit drinking coffee and sitting here and eating donuts, and I want you to get out of your chair. And I want you to go do something. I want you to move. I want you to make impact. That's what he told Abram. He said, leave your country and your people and your father's household and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. So many times we want to stop. Yep, that's what I want. I want to be in a great nation and I want God to bless me. But here's the reason. And I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. God blesses us so that we might be a blessing, that we might shine the light, that others might see the good works of the Father and glorify Him in heaven, that He might see our good works and glorify the Father in heaven. The Bible tells us in Matthew 28, 19 through 20, which is where we get our mission statement from. Then Jesus said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus said, Do not let him, in Mark chapter 5, Jesus said, Do not let him go, but go home to your family and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how... He has had mercy on you. In Mark sixteen fifteen, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. And then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Acts five twenty, Go, stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell the people the full message of the new life. Acts twenty eight twenty five. They disagreed among themselves but, and began to leave after Paul had made his final statement. And the Holy Spirit spoke the truth to your forefathers when He said through the prophet Isaiah, Go to this people and say, You will be ever hearing but not understanding. You will ever be seeing but not perceiving. And then in John, excuse me, in Luke chapter 10, verse 1 through 3, And after the Lord had appointed 72 and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of harvest, therefore, to send out workers in the harvest. Go, I'm sending you out like lamb among wolves. Luke 15:4. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one. Does he not leave the ninety-nine in open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? If you have that card, I want you to seriously look over it for just a moment. I want us to just take a moment and, and look at that. And, and some of you, God's already given you a, a mission, so to speak. It, it might be in your neighborhood. Uh, it might be with CCA. It might be somewhere. But can I tell you this? God is calling us to make an impact. And if not, uh, our lives, I can tell you spiritually, will just always kind of remain flat. Because we won't be serving the purpose that we exist for, which is to bring God glory, which is to bless others so that He might be blessed, so that He might be glorified. 
So the real question is not, is there opportunity? The real question not is, is God asking me anything? The real question is, what will we do? How will we respond? As He blesses you, what are you doing with the blessings? Let's pray. Father, thank You that while we were still sinners, You died for us. God, thank You that, God, You want to use us. You want to use us to make an impact in our own home, in our workplace, in our neighborhoods, in our community, and in our world. God, I thank You for Monica. I thank You for the Finleys. I thank You for others who are going overseas to make an impact there. God, I realize that most people aren't going out of overseas from our church, but Lord, You definitely call us to go across the street. You are definitely calling us to get up out of our chairs and to do something. And Lord, I pray that today would be the day that the people of Rock Point take the first step. That they say, Lord, I, even if it's small, I'll do it. I'll go. I hear You. I, like the prophet Isaiah, Lord, I, I hear You, Lord. Here am I. Send me. Use me. God, thank You for these opportunities that You've placed before us. And we pray that we will do it all for the glory of Your name so that You might continue to bless us so that we may bless others for the purpose of Your glory. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.